This is News Source 1 Mikiana. Welcome to your new afternoon and evening edition of News 2 Go. All the news and feature segments to keep you entertained and enlightened. From Feature Story News in Washington, I'm Simon Marks. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky and NATO's Secretary General Jen Stoltenberg have both said today they see no sign of Russia's promised military de-escalation. The Kremlin insists it is pulling more troops back, both from its border with Ukraine and also from the Crimean Peninsula that Russia annexed in 2014. NATO ministers gathered in Brussels today for an emergency summit. FSN's Rosie Birchard has more on that from our Bureau there. NATO does appear to be very sceptical on those Russian claims. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg earlier said he had heard those Russian overtures to suggest diplomatic talks could continue and he had also heard these announcements that troops may be moved back from the Ukrainian border but he said that in fact to the contrary they had seen no signs of de-escalation on the ground and that in fact that military build-up may be continuing. What it really comes down to here is uh, NATO, whether or not it believes what Russia says versus what Russia does. In Ukraine, a public holiday today, National Unity Day. The Ukrainian president urging people across the country to demonstrate their support for and pride in the country's independence. In Moscow, the Russian government is hitting back at threats to impose fresh sanctions on the Kremlin. From FSN's Moscow bureau, Julia Chapman. Boris Johnson in the UK Prime Minister suggested that the British government could uh, block Russian companies from raising capital uh, on London-based markets. Uh, that was met with uh, disapproval from the Russian Foreign Minister, Sergei Lavrov, who said that Moscow would retaliate against any such measures. In other news today, British police have launched an investigation into allegations that a Saudi billionaire who made a donation to a charity founded by Prince Charles was offered assistance securing UK citizenship and honours. Michael Fawcett, the former chief executive of the Prince's Foundation, has resigned over the claims. From FSN's London bureau, Laura Makin-Isherwood reports. This investigation comes following reports last year that the chief executive of Prince Charles's charity, the Prince's Foundation, had allegedly been offered help from a billionaire donor to secure honours and citizenship for a Saudi national. The staff member has since resigned. Clarence House says Prince Charles has no knowledge of the alleged incident. The Metropolitan Police liaised with the charity about an independent investigation into fundraising practices and was provided with a number of documents. The force says that when they were reviewed alongside other existing information, it was determined an investigation would commence. No arrests have been made and no interviews under caution carried out. Canadian officials say they are working round the clock to clear protesters from a section of downtown Ottawa. The demonstrators, demanding an end to COVID-19 restrictions, have blockaded the area outside Parliament for more than two weeks. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks, looking today at P.J. O'Rourke, one of America's best-known satirists and a former editor of National Lampoon magazine. He died in the United States yesterday at the age of 74. His works, including Holidays from Hell, A Parliament of Whores and Driving Like Crazy, became bestsellers not just in the U.S. but around the world. His libertarian politics were in stark contrast to the counterculture years during which he emerged, 
and in a 2016 interview with PBS television in Chicago, he was asked to explain why his views were so different from other popular satirists of his time. The liberal message, and I know it's not that I disagree with everything in the liberal message, but the liberal message is essentially a kind-hearted message. It is an inclusive message. It is a message about how uh, government and politics can give us more things. And of course, that's not completely wrong. They can give us more things, at a cost, however. Yeah, but it's a crowd-pleasing message, and people in show business tend to be crowd-pleasers, and therefore, it's not so much that comedy goes with being left-wing, it's show business that goes with being left-wing. He described the choice in modern U.S. politics between Democrats and Republicans as being a choice between silly and stupid. And the gonzo journalism that he produced from the Middle East and many other international locations made P.J. O'Rourke a cult figure. The main news again, the Ukrainian president and NATO's secretary general say they've seen no sign of Russia's promised military de-escalation. British police have launched an investigation into allegations that a Saudi billionaire was offered assistance securing UK citizenship and honours in exchange for a donation to Prince Charles's charity. And Canadian officials say they're working round the clock to clear protesters from a section of downtown Ottawa. And that is the latest feature story news. Simon Marks reporting. The United States and its allies say the threat of a Russian invasion remains strong. Secretary of State Blinken told ABC News, we haven't seen a pullback. That was echoed by NATO's Secretary General, who said the alliance also had not seen any withdrawal of Russian forces. President Biden, who continues to consult with allies, has said the U.S. will give diplomacy every chance. Greg Clugston, Washington. This is your news source one Mickey on a multiple weather alert statement. So hang on and as Fred Flintstone said, quote get ready for a big wind. Close your mouth. Unquote. First, wind advisory in effect from 10 a.m. EST slash 9 a.m. CST slash this morning to 7 p.m. EST slash 6 p.m. CST slash this evening. What? South winds 20 to 30 miles per hour with gusts 45 to 50 miles per hour expected. Where? Portions of northern Indiana. Southwest Michigan and Northwest Ohio. When, from 10 a.m. EST slash 9 a.m. CST slash this morning to 7 p.m. EST slash 6 p.m. CST slash this evening. Impacts, gusty winds could blow around unsecured objects. Tree limbs could be blown down and a few power outages may result. Precautionary slash preparedness actions. Use extra caution when driving, especially if operating a high-profile vehicle. Secure outdoor objects. Second we have, Flood watch remains in effect from this evening through Thursday evening. What? Flooding caused by rain and snowmelt continues to be possible. Where? Portions of northern Indiana, southwest Michigan and northwest Ohio, including the following areas, in northern Indiana, Adams, Allen Inn, Blackford, Cass Inn, DeKalb, Elkhart, Fulton Inn, Grant, Huntington, J. Kosciuszko, Lagrange, Marshall, Miami, Noble, Pulaski, St. Joseph Inn, Stark, Steuben, Wabash, Wells, White, and Whitley. In southwest Michigan, Branch, Casme, Hillsdale and St. Joseph Me. In northwest Ohio, Allen O, Defiance, Fulton O, Henry, Paulding, Putnam, Van Wert, and Williams. When, from this evening through Thursday evening. Impacts, excessive runoff may result in flooding of rivers, creeks, streams, and other low-lying and flood-prone locations. Additional details. Rainfall between 1 and 2 inches is expected to fall during this period with times of moderate to heavy rain. 
frozen ground, ice jams, and additional snowpack melt will help lead to increased runoff leading to minor to moderate river flooding and flooding in low-lying areas. HTTP colon slash slash www.weather.gov slash safety slash flood precautionary slash preparedness actions. You should monitor later forecasts and be alert for possible flood warnings. Those living in areas prone to flooding should be prepared to take action should flooding develop. Third and finally for Thursday there is a winter storm watch now in effect from Thursday morning through Thursday evening. What, heavy mixed precipitation possible? Total snow accumulations of 4 to 7 inches and ice accumulations up to one-tenth of an inch. Where, portions of northern Indiana and southwest Michigan. When, from Thursday morning through Thursday evening. Impacts, plan on slippery road conditions Thursday afternoon and evening. The hazardous conditions will impact the evening commute. Precautionary slash preparedness actions. Monitor the latest forecasts for updates on this situation. News Nation This Hour, I'm Vic Vaughn. The U.S. has found no evidence that backs up Russia's claim of a troop withdrawal from positions surrounding Ukraine's border. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken. Unfortunately, there's a difference between Russia says and what it does. Uh, and what we're seeing is no uh, meaningful pullback. Speaking with ABC News, Good Morning America today from the State Department. Some Senate Democrats want to suspend the federal gas tax to get prices down at the pump. And it's connected in part to tensions in Ukraine. News Nation's Joe Khalil. The reason that they're uh, doing this now is twofold. One, inflation. Uh, Americans in basically every state are experiencing those higher prices. So this would be a little bit of breathing room for everyday families. And the second reason is still Russia. It's a very distinct possibility that there is an invasion into Ukraine. And if that happens, we know that could disrupt the global oil supply. The national average at the pump just hit its highest level in eight years, 349 a gallon. Dropping the tax could get it to around 330. A Russian invasion would push it higher to around four. Canadian truckers protesting in the capital city of Ottawa are being warned the time to leave has come. Police officers are handing out notices now near the Parliament building. Wayne Narvey's vowing to stay. We are here peacefully with lots of love and we're going to hold the line. So we're not going nowhere until we get these mandates taken care of. At a rally last night clogging Ottawa's downtown area. Some are against the COVID-19 vaccine mandate on cross-border Canadian truckers. Some want other public safety measures they're lifted. It's been going on for two weeks. Voters in San Francisco have recalled three top members of the school board, criticized as having put progressive politics over the needs of children there. The school board has seven members, all Democrats, and the only three who were eligible to be recalled were the president, the vice president, and its commissioner. Crews are working to clean up a gas spill on Long Island's Rockville Center neighborhood in New York. Nassau County Chief Fire Marshal Mike Utaro says it did get into a sewer system and local creeks, but he believes it's contained. There's no threat to any of the citizens or any homes. Uh, we're working now with the Coast Guard. They're going to map the spill to make sure that we have everything accounted for, and they're going to work on trying to get that remediated and cleaned up. Driver of a tanker truck lost control, flipped just after midnight at Sunrise Highway and North Center. He was transporting 9,000 gallons. It started a fire which spread into nearby sewers, sending flames shooting up from a half dozen manholes. The driver was treated for minor injuries. Find News Nation on your cable or satellite provider and stay up to date around the clock at NewsNationNow.com and the News Nation Now app. I'm Vic Vaughn. Detailed forecast. Today, wind advisory and flood watch in effect. I have a lengthy bulletin in another segment.
a 20% chance of rain after 3 p.m., cloudy, with a high near 51. Breezy, with a south wind 20 to 25 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 45 miles per hour. Tonight, rain, mainly after 7 p.m., low around 32. South wind 10 to 20 miles per hour becoming northwest after midnight. Winds could gust as high as 45 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 100%. New precipitation amounts between 3 quarters and 1 inch possible. Thursday. Winter storm watch. Rain or freezing rain before 9 a.m., then freezing rain, possibly mixed with snow and sleet between 9 a.m. and 10 a.m., then snow after 10 a.m. The snow could be heavy at times. Temperature falling to around 26 by 5 p.m., north wind 15 to 20 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 30 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 100%. Little or no ice accumulation expected. New snow and sleet accumulation of 3 to 5 inches possible. Thursday night. Snow likely before 1 a.m., then a chance of snow showers after 1 a.m., mostly cloudy, with a low around 12. North wind 5 to 15 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 25 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 70%. New snow accumulation of 1 to 3 inches possible. Friday. Mostly sunny, with a high near 29. Northwest wind 5 to 15 miles per hour becoming southwest in the afternoon. Winds could gust as high as 20 miles per hour. Friday night. A 20% chance of snow after 1 a.m., mostly cloudy, with a low around 17. United States truck drivers are staging a similar truck driver protest convoy called the U.S. Freedom Convoy, Los Angeles to Washington, D.C. The convoy will even pass through I-70 in Indianapolis. Stay tuned to News Source 1 Michiana on the latest and how commerce is affected. Hi, I'm Pastor Joel of Harp City Church. Let's take in the light for God overflowing in Psalm 63. Listen, you God are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Those who want to kill me will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They'll be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God will glory in him, while the mouths of liars will be silenced. What do you need more than anything, my friend? Answer, God. My friend, you were made for God. And your heart will remain restless until it finds its rest in God, as Augustine said. And this is what David understands as he wrote Psalm 63 while in the desert. Did you hear his longing? Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. 
friend, I know it's entirely possible that you don't realize your unrecognized thirst is for God. It's also possible you don't realize you're in a hot and parched land that cannot satisfy the thirst you have. Our culture, it holds forth many things, many things that promise fulfillment and satisfaction, but none of them can quench what you thirst for. Jesus said this very thing in John 4 to an unbelieving woman who came to get water from a well. Jesus said, if you knew who I was, you would have asked me for a drink. And he told her that he had the only water that would truly quench her soul. And Jesus knew this woman. Every day she had the same pattern. Every day she came to the well. And then she returned home to her living lover. Then back to the well the next day. And back to her living lover. The endless pattern, back and forth. And neither the living lover nor the well ever quenched her thirst. And then our Lord Jesus came. And this woman discovered that she was loved by her God. And in her excitement, she actually forgot her water jar as she ran off to go tell her neighbors all about Jesus. She had found satisfaction in relationship with her God. And David is a man who has real relationship with God, as we can hear in his outpouring of devotion. In fact, his relationship with God was more real than life itself. David said, did you hear that? Because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. Pause on that. Do you realize God's love for you is better than life itself? Do you know God's love like this? Love that surpasses all the good things you've had or will have? Enjoyment of Him that enables you to be satisfied even when you're in the desert, when life's hard, barren, exhausting? Now, the only way we can say that and it be true is if we respond like that woman did and as David did here in Psalm 63. You use your lips constantly to glorify God. Your hands are lifted up in praise. You can't carry a tune, but you sing Amazing Grace all the time. You wake up in the night. You're thinking about God. And you declare yourself fully satisfied as though God were the greatest feast on earth. Are you glorifying God, my friend? That is evidence of your delight in Him. C.S. Lewis talks about how what we love, what we enjoy, will necessarily overflow into praise. He talks about lovers praising their mistresses, readers their favorite poet, walkers praising the countryside, players praising their favorite game, praise of weather, wines, dishes, actors, horses, colleges, countries, historical personages, children, flowers, mountains, rare stamps, rare beetles, even sometimes politicians and scholars. He then says, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete till it is expressed. I'll be the first to confess, and I'm not always convinced of God's love, that it's better than life itself. Why? Because I'm forgetful. Or because I'm buying into that first lie that what is sweet now can forever fulfill me. Which is why I need to ask myself the question, how can I know God's love is better than life here? That God will remain faithful to me, especially after I've turned away from him so often. How can we know that God's love for us is real? Friends, we look at the crib in Bethlehem and the cross of Calvary, where God the Father gave the costliest gift he could have possibly given, his own son to rescue folks like you and I, so we could live with no doubt about his love. 
And when I stop to truly meditate on that, then I discover what I was made to do, to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Augustine also said, to fall in love with God is the greatest romance, to seek him the greatest adventure, to find him the greatest human achievement. My friend, remember who you are and who you belong to. This is John Schaefer uh, with this week's homeless um, commentary. And have you ever wondered why so many homeless um, are mistreated by the public and by city officials and looked down upon? Uh, sometimes it's because they trash the area and then leave or they stay but continue to trash the area now understandably they may not have trash cans and trash bags and trash receptacles and dumpsters always near them but homeless are very transient people they move around a lot they could easily find a trash can or a dumpster or a trash receptacle and dispose of the trash and not give themselves a bad rep and yet they don't do this they they don't seem to care uh, it's not a priority to them survival is and they often have resentment because they are homeless and because people do push them around and city officials and police push them around and code enforcement and the public parks department and it goes on and on and so at a point they stop caring and because they develop habits of leaving trash behind it's easier to continue to do so but they are self-defeating they are their own worst enemies and they give themselves a bad name a bad rep because they leave trash behind now we could enable them to clean up their area by providing them with a few empty trash bags so that they can pack it in their um, bags and have it uh, to dispose of trash properly if they were inclined to do so. And providing them with the tools is maybe half the battle. Uh, but we also have to kind of point it out to them. You know, you have become your own worst enemy. You're trashing the park. You're trashing store properties um, in public view. And people are complaining. And you're trashing the city sidewalks. And uh, so, you know, those are the things we can address the next time you go to hand someone a dollar bill 
um, who is homeless and perhaps in need of money or perhaps begging, uh, panhandling, give them a trash bag. And if they don't use it to pick up trash, they could at least use it to maybe carry some of their things and appreciate it and keep their things drier and easier to carry and they will still appreciate it. But through time and appreciation that people care, maybe they too would start caring about little things such as the trash they leave behind on the ground. So we can bless them and also teach them and be good examples to them. Um, I look around and I see where homeless congregate and there's always trash everywhere. And so the city has to pay someone to clean this up. Uh, so then the city officials get mad at the homeless and the cycle just continues and continues. And so if they want to be treated decently and with respect, you must also give respect. You must respect the area where you're staying, living, uh, congregating, hanging out. Um, and if they do so, they will be treated much better. Um, it's just kind of hand in hand, but it both goes both ways. Um, the fact that they have developed these bad habits of leaving trash, they may not change immediately. They may not change as a group, but if we can start with one person and encouraging them to do right and to pick up the trash, then maybe they set an example for other homeless people too. And when it's another homeless person setting the example, the other homeless will follow. But when it's one of us who isn't homeless trying to give them instructions or direction or a reprimand or encouragement, they may not necessarily follow suit. So work with the individual homeless and if we get one to change then we can get two to change we can create a more beautiful world not just physically but spiritually and um, and just all around because it will make people better the homeless better it'll make us better uh, and that's what we need. Thank you so much for listening this week. Have a great week. This is John Schaefer. Today was a busy day in the world of American motorsport. It was day two of the final preseason IndyCar test. And drivers like Jimmy Johnson got their first taste of IndyCar in 2022. Also, it was the first day of the Daytona 500. Practice, that is. And if you've been paying attention recently, 
It may be a bit of a surprise, or maybe not. Maybe we get to talk about sandbagging again. Who was on the top of the charts? Let's get into it. So welcome to the man on the scene segment for today's video. Now this is filmed about 11.30 in the morning here at Sebring because the video that you're actually probably going to see the most of me is me at my house in Indianapolis. It's kind of weird how scheduling worked out for me um, for this because this is a two-day test here at Sebring and we actually see some new drivers or some drivers we have not seen. Um, take laps in IndyCar this year, including Dalton Kellett, including Takuma Sato in his new ride for Dale Coyne Racing. All of the Ganassi boys, including Scott Dixon, Marcus Erickson, uh, IndyCar champ Alex Pelot, and of course, uh, Scott Dixon. So um, the field is split really pretty evenly. There's some drivers who are coming back today um, who are doing a second day, Kyle Kirkwood and Tatiana Calderon, as well as David Malukas are running uh, again today. Um, we're also seeing the Ed Carpenter guys out here. So you've got Connor Daly and Renus VK. Um, rather than me just name all the names that are here, why don't we take a look at how these boys and girl did today in Sebring testing. And here are the results for day two of testing at Sebring. And it was Meyer Shank Racing. 1-2 on the top of the board, Simon Pagino from Elio Castroneves. Have I mentioned that I think this team's going to be really strong this year? Now, it's important to note that if you haven't been subscribed to my channel, um, these guys tested uh, Pagino and Castroneves early on in the year, I think it was like January 3rd, um, at Sebring. So they had some data going in, but you have to also remember, and this may be the most key out of everything, as I mentioned yesterday, the Andretti dampers. The uh, Meyer Shank Racing Team has access to the Andretti dampers through their partnership with Andretti Technologies. Um, so not really a shock that the two quote-unquote Andretti cars that we're testing today were on the top of the board. Of course, Sebring, very famous for being uh, used as a street circuit testing ground for IndyCar anyway, and uh, wouldn't you know it, a guy who absolutely shined on street courses last year is third, Marcus Erickson, the first of the Chip Ganassi drivers. All four of the full-time drivers were testing today. Um, Erickson, I think, is a true dark horse at St. Petersburg, by the way, um, if you want to make a, make a high-odd bet. Um, Renus VK, good to see him back uh, on form. Ed Carpenter Racing, Looks like it may be a pretty strong uh, contender with the consistency of VK and Daly in the driving duties. Kyle Kirkwood, I, I tooted his horn yesterday. I'm so impressed thus far what I've seen with Kirkwood, uh, what he's been able to do um, with a team, you know, and to their credit, A.J. Foyt does a lot with a little. Um, and Kyle Kirkwood, I think, is going to get the absolute most out of that car. Um, you have to also remember, though, uh, Sebastian Bourdais, who was in that car, um, very good on the street circuit, so I'm sure they have a good baseline, but I think Kirkwood, uh, a lot of people are going to be vying for his talents uh, before uh, before the end of the year, I think. Alex Pelot, IndyCar champion and sixth on the board today, and I've, I almost did it immediately. Uh, Connor Daly in the Bitnile car uh, looks almost so strikingly uh, resembles last year's Jimmy Johnson car 
Um, that's going to be tough for the first couple of races that I don't call the 20 car, the 48. Uh, Scott Dixon, uh, the greatest uh, driver of the generation, at least according to the stat book, and was eighth on the board. Um, but certainly the the old dogs at Ganassi, um, they're not they're not trying in in uh, or they're not trying to set a uh, a fast time, I guess you could say, in testing. It's all about consistency. It's all about um, learning, I suppose, especially for Dixon. I'm sure there were some fuel mileage calculations today. Callum Eilat in ninth place. Um, he got two test days. He got to run uh, yesterday and he ran today. Obviously important for the Hunkos Hollinger Racing Team to get back up to speed. Full-time basis this year for the 77 car. David Malukas, who was oh so quick yesterday, um, didn't show that outright pace today. Um, but uh, surely, you know, you kind of look at like Pato yesterday. And I, uh, you got to think that, that some of these teams are definitely not going for outright speed. And I have a sneaking suspicion that Dale Coyne Racing was not going for outright speed today. Case in point, right behind him in 11th place on the board, Takuma Sato, his first day um, with Dale Coyne, with Rick Ware Racing, a beautiful purple and white car. you got to see this thing in person. Um, it's, it's lovely. And, of course, I'm extremely biased, seeing as my logo is purple and white. Um, but I think Sato, once we get to the month of May, Look out, because I think Sato has proven that he can win um, in any kind of a car at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and he has delivered Indy 500 wins to the last two teams he's joined. Jimmy the Juggernaut. Um, once again, you know, he, he's right about where he was last year, which is not, you know, at the top of the board. Um, but, again, I kind of look at Jimmy as this year I think you're going to see real progress with him. I think the last couple of races throughout the season in 2021, I think, were extremely impressive, especially Long Beach. Um, and considering that they're going to a street circuit, obviously, to start the season at St. Pete, it's now a street course that Jimmy Johnson has seen before. And you look to uh, Laguna Seca and the Indy GP, um, those are the two races that he really performed the best in, um, in my opinion. And ultimately, those were tracks that he had laps on. So... Those Jimmy Johnson fans, wait, good things are coming, I think. Dalton Kellett, first time in the car this year, and unfortunately kind of brings an A.J. Foyt caboose to the second day of Sebring testing, along with his teammate Tatiana Calderon, who of course was testing yesterday. Showed some decent pace, um, but today wasn't quite there. And now we're back in the land castle. Amazing. Uh, you know, I, I only started flying, believe it or not, I only started flying probably five or six years ago. My first flight was, I think, ironically, to the 12 hours of Sebring uh, in around 2017 or 2018. Um, so I'm still, I may look a little bit strung out because I'm still figuring out this travel stuff. But it's amazing to me that, that I can film myself in Sebring at noon um, and then be back here at 9.19 p.m. and be able to film a video at the land castle um, in the same day. So we've talked enough IndyCar for now. Don't worry, we'll we'll, have, we'll talk a lot more IndyCar. Daytona 500 uh, testing started today, or practice, I guess I should say, and ultimately it was the Fords that were quickest. Michael McDowell led the first session. Joey Logano led the second session. Now it appears that they were really working on race trim. Lots of running in packs for the Ford teams. Um, I think everybody kind of thinks and expects that the Chevys will have something in qualifying 
and that's important, and we'll talk about this tomorrow for the open cars, um, the cars that can uh, time and speed their way in and won't have to worry about racing through the duels. Of course, there are six open cars, two of which go home. Um, but I do think it's also funny, and I pointed it out in that Ford video, and I hope you guys listen to me. When I kind of heard the, the changes that they were making to the Ford, and they started talking about how there was too much downforce and too much drag, well, you take that away, and ultimately you kind of make a better super speedway car. So I think that's a story we should track throughout this week um, in Daytona, is how good is the Ford by itself? And I guess we'll find that out starting tomorrow with single car qualifying. Let me know down in the comments uh, what you think of IndyCar testing or who do you think will be on the front row tomorrow for the Daytona 500. Thank you guys so much for watching. This has been David Land on YouTube. We'll see you in the next video. I'm going to go take a nap now. This is News Source 1 Michiana, Elkhart South Bend.